Hello, everyone. Hi. How's it going? Guess who it is? It's me, not Kevin. Uh, or as the government calls me, Alex Correa, host of the Attack on Twitch, producer of the Pointless Podcast, which is a title I'm not wearing proudly today, as is a day late. But that's okay! Because we at the Attack were shooting something very cool this weekend, and it was kind of controlling our lives up until then. And I know it would help if I could explain this cool secret project and what it was, but I can't because it's a big secret. Uh, but I can say it was the biggest thing we've ever done as a company, really. And uh, I hope and pray to Korean Jesus that one day you might see it with your very two eyes. Uh, but right now you can't. Just know that uh, we were all involved in it and uh, I got body slammed off a hoverboard by a sumo Superman. Does that clear things up? <laughs> Sounds like it doesn't. Uh, sorry. But today's episode of the Pointless Podcast is what we're here for today, and it's with someone whose work I admired for a very long time on G4, uh, and I'm sure you all admired as well. It's the executive producer of X-Play, G4TV.com, and other wonderful shows you probably enjoyed, Mr. Ryan Vance. Uh, the man is a visionary uh, and a giant. Seriously, he's very tall. And a great friend of Kevin's, and it was very cool listening to him and Kevin uh, reminisce about the days of G4's past. So buckle up for that, dear friends. It was actually a really great episode. Uh, but before I slap the intro music on and rev this Harley hog of a show all the way to Funny Town, I would like to quickly put some ideas in your uh, in your mind garden there. February 20th, Saturday, 10 a.m., we here at The Attack are hosting a 10-hour indie gaming marathon called Orbit Play. Quite honestly, this is going to be one of the biggest streams we've ever done, and I think it's going to be pretty rad. So, uh, 10 hours of gaming, interviews with Tim Schafer of Double Fine Studios, Justin Roiland of Rick and Morty and Adventure Time, and I think we're playing a life-size game of Rocket League. Like, that's something safe to do. Uh, but we are doing it. It's going to get messy, so mark your iCals in your eBooks for that. It's going to be fun. But until then, go and give Kevin a follow, at Attack on Twitter, at Attack Snap on Snapchat. Uh, he didn't tell me to say that, but I love the man's Snapchat so much. I think the world would be a better place if everyone watched them, so go do that. But now... Without further ado, I introduce to you the Pointless Podcast with Mr. Ryan Vance. Start the theme song. Me. This podcast should be America. 110%. Fucking blood red America. The NDAA. Everybody playing vagina. Cyborg Jesus. Jesus, America. Hello there, boys, girls, and in-betweeners. Welcome to yet another episode of the Pointless Podcast. My guest today is a pal. An old friend, Aww. a chum, uh, actually a, a a mentor at times. Well, at times, I wouldn't go that far. Oh, I, I'm going okay. that far. Okay. A right. mentor, uh, a, a a constant source of inspiration and joy. Aww. I've never known even I've known been around you when you're less than plussed, and even then you're not a terrible person to be around. We should hang out more often. You definitely see the terrible person. Oh, well, then we're going to get to that then, because you you hide it very well. (laughs) Uh, You may know him from his career that has spanned every nerd thing that you love, from Tech TV to G4 TV to Revision 3 to Fit... Well, not Fitbit, Fit... Fit star, Fit star, Fit, yeah. But it's all the nerd stuff. No one has, no one's heard of me. But it, they may have heard of some of the projects that we've we've done together and before that. They have all enjoyed Oz. They've yeah. all enjoyed that. Yeah. They don't know that you're behind the curtain. That you're pulling cranks and levers, and there's steam shooting out everywhere. Yes, I'm much more comfortable behind the curtain, which I'm just going to sit here and sweat until it becomes comfortable. This is not. This is no one's going to see this. This is me just being nice before <laughs> that, we have that, dinner that's tonight. Clear. That's clear. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, my guest is Ryan Vance, and I know there's uproarious. Hello. Hello. Did 
digital oh. applause oh. Uh, somewhere. <laughs> they eh, can't, probably not. I can't hear them, Kevin. That's not the way the internet works. And there's a chat room there. Yes, you can see it. There's going to be just audio. a sea of ASCII dicks. Hi, chats, beeps. They're going to float. Yeah. Um, so we'll get that going. Ryan Vance. Hi, Kevin. Thank you for joining. So glad to be here. I'm glad to have you. This was a yeah. last-minute surprise. Very. Yeah. But awesome. I'm very happy. Yes. What the hell is going on in your world? Dude, um, I am down in L.A. I live in, in the Bay Area, where I'm from, and uh, I'm at a company called Fitstar, which was acquired by Fitbit, which makes the things like this. And um, Did we were, you start Fitstar? I were you, didn't. No? Um, a guy named uh, Mike Mazur and uh, Dave Gravalja started the company. It is um, a, an, actually a really great workout app that's video. So imagine... Yeah, we'll get to that. I'm okay, just trying to find fine, out fine. that when Fitbit buys them out, yes. what are you driving now? Did you take your gold-plated helicopter to the <laughs> yeah. studio is what I want to know. Yes. Well, it's silver. So the silver it okay. flies a little lighter, so it flies You haven't hit that platinum further. plus level yet. Don't rub it in. <laughs> my, my, my helicopter is not yet gold. So great. Right. Great, we Kevin. Can, we can I leave I your FitStar deal out of it for now. Tell me what FitStar is because I love health and yeah. fitness, and yeah. I like apps, and this should be the combination of those two. The top line is it's, it's a, it's a video-based workout app that replaces like you know the Gene Fonda workout DVD, or, uh, VHSs or the PA, P90X DVDs. Right. I can stop sweating to the oldies. It actually responds to your feedback. So it's like a, it's like a video game mm -hmm. of a workout app, essentially. So you give it feedback. You say whether or not it's um, the workout is too much, too little, just right, and then it creates in real time a workout for you that that basically you know goes shorter or longer based on your sort of your feedback. Oh wow! So it's like a video game experience, but you know in a workout scenario. That's the easiest way. So to in 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 real time, I'm sort of my focus group of one saying like, hey man, I'm getting really winded here. Yeah. Let's slow this down, yeah. and so it will sort of do a branching yes. path and go okay. Yes. Instead of more mule kicks, right? Let's do some uh, child's pose. Exactly, and in, in, in real time. So, like, it's basically creating a, a whole program for you under, you know, behind the curtain. You know, the algorithm, as the word everybody loves, is doing that. But uh, it's really the thing about it is it actually works, and like it's that, not yeah. snake oil. Like, it's a real technology that's patented. That that you know, my whole background has been in television. My whole you know, my life has been television and media and video, and um, and this is one of the first times where like all of those sort of skills are going for keeping people healthy as opposed to just making them drink more Mountain Dew and eat Doritos and uh, whatever else. Yeah, distracting them yeah. from being as active <laughs> yeah. as possible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, that's what I'm doing now. But, I, you know, it's just awesome to see you, dude. That's great. Well, I'm, I'm actually curious. You didn't come on to promote this. You no. just came on to chat. But, yeah. I mean, so when I'm working out, is this uh, is it like a Roku app or is it a cell phone app and I'm tapping the screen? Like, how am yeah. I interacting with this? So it's an iOS app, it's an Android app, and it's also uh, a web app. So okay. you can do it on any of those devices. And yeah, you are. So Tony Gonzalez of the Atlanta Falcons, formerly Atlanta Falcons, formerly Kansas City Chiefs, now CBS commentator, is the, the fit star. He's the guy leading you through the workouts. And so he's basically giving you moves to do. And there'll be in, like, you know, it could be a 10 minute workout, a 15 minute workout, a 30 minute workout. And he's guiding you through that process and you're getting you're being asked after every move was that just right too much too little and the way the technology works just as a video geek like you know if you shoot somebody doing push-ups for you know with five cameras as i know you love to do uh and you 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 can take that those five cameras and edit them together for 10 seconds or 10 hours right you just sure. do like you know, you've got your nice panning shot you've got your wide shot your close-up and you can cut those together in infinity mm -hmm. so essentially the technology does that it creates a real-time video timeline um that's just you know part of the algorithm. So it's like creating. I love. It's like a choose your own like, workout. Yes. Choose exactly. your own adventure style yeah. thing. Like yeah, yeah some more push-ups, please. Okay, yeah. here we go. Right back to that. Yeah. It's, now, what about because part of the, the the workout is the motivation, the VO mm -hmm. of whoever is yeah. driving you through it. Does he record different paths of like motivational dialogue? Dude. To be like, all yes. right, how about another round of push-ups? Yes. We just we have 
just we're in the process of localizing the app into five different languages. So we have, I have, so we've re, we've got all of his recordings, we've got all the script, and it's about twelve hundred lines of dialogue, oh. and it's all like you know now we're gonna do scissor kicks, and then it's like good job, or like you know make, keep that butt tight, like it's just like and imagine keep that butt tight in Spanish and Portuguese <laughs> in you know in French and in Chinese. Sure, I get to live that right now. That's what we're doing. It's super it's hilarious. But, Are you? I'm imagining you're getting very personal with that and writing all of those lines because your yeah. emails always have a very uh, inspirational yet. Slightly homoerotic subject line. I'd say very homoerotic. Like, hey, want to meet for dinner tonight? Yeah. And keep that, keep that butt, butt tight. tight. <laughs> keep that butt tight. Okay, yeah, I guess so, Ryan. Let's do it. That's also my email address. Keep that butt tight. <laughs> at gmail.com. I don't want to be upfront. Hotmail.com. I don't want to be coy. Let's just like get right out there and be like, keep the butt tight. Or always, else we're not going to dinner. You've always cut to the chase, and I appreciate that about you. That's what I do. Uh, how did, how did that, that mentality... But it's cutting to the chase. <laughs> Land you a gig at Tech TV because I would love to get. Because you you said like, what does the audience want to hear? And I'm like, yeah. well, I don't think they're gonna be upset if you talk about Tech TV or yeah. G4 or the genesis of X Play, yeah. uh, Revision Three. I mean, any of that stuff all is, that is all fair game. Well, um, I have I have been extremely lucky to. It's just the right place, right time career story. Really, is what you hear it a thousand times. You know, this isn't gonna be nothing new. But um, when I I, I, I had sort of known I wanted to be in television. That's the one thing I knew. And so I was like, I'm going to go to the, the hotbed of television. I, I'm going to go to where all television is made, San Francisco. You know, everybody knows that. Like, if you want to get into TV, you go to San Francisco. That's just like, you know, the age-old story. Boy, you get off the bus, San Francisco. Like, where's my TV show? And then it, it, there's only, like, two shows there. But uh, I grew up there. I love the Bay Area. And so um, when I was uh, – finished with college, I worked at a, a local affiliate there in San Francisco, and then I did some time in Boston doing documentaries. And then when I moved back to the Bay Area, Tech TV was the one cable network in San Francisco, and I wanted to be in cable. So I uh, had a contact who knew somebody and sort of, you know, was able to talk to someone in, in HR and said, okay, well, what are you guys looking for? Like, you know, you've been on for this, when ZDTV was just transitioning into Tech TV. So this is probably like mm, 2000. Say, what year 2000. was it? Okay, yeah, 19, 2000, it was 2000. Yeah. 16 years. Don't, don't do that. Don't, we don't, need, we don't, we don't so need to much. do that math. It hurts. My, my career can drive a car. So uh, I... St I <laughs> right into a telephone right pole. Right into a telephone pole. <laughs> of poverty <laughs> and despair. Yeah. Uh, so I, uh, I talked to the, the, you know, the HR group. I was like, well, you know, we're looking for a producer for this video game show uh, that was then called GameSpot TV and uh, hosted by Adam Sessler. Uh, and so I, I liked video games a lot. I wasn't like a giant gamer, but I'd always been a nerd and loved, you know, I would had Nintendo, I'd had uh, Atari back, you know, with the 2600, I'd had a, a SNES. So, um, you know, it was like, I, I love telling stories. I love television. I love sort of the creation of video. So I can, let me, you know, let me interview for this thing. So, also, this is one of six television positions available in San Francisco. the one cable network in San Francisco. So I might so as well I choose will, it. I will choose it. <laughs> Uh, it ended up being one of my favorite jobs because for two years on GameSpot TV, which became Extended Play, uh, I was like the kind of lead segment producer. So all I was doing was pitching a story like this guy, Shigeru Miyamoto, is doing all this cool shit in Japan. We should do a story on him. Or my first, I think my first story was about Space Channel 5. Remember the Dreamcast oh, game? Fuck yeah, I remember yeah. it. Michael Jackson, all yeah. of that. So I got to interview the game creator because he was in town for Sega. And so it was one of those things like I, I'd go find a story like NASA was using um, – Tony Hawk pro skater to treat kids with ADHD and they were doing it at their like main headquarters in Virginia. So I got to like fly there, go see the main NASA headquarters and go interview the scientists and, and come back and sit in an edit bay. And I'd had the luxury of like, 
I would do one story every two weeks at the beginning. Oh my god! <laughs> which was basically like sixty <laughs> minutes or something. So like, I had like a four-minute segment to do in two weeks, which is the best. And uh, and then I wait. Remember- so what was the excuse for the content looking and sounding the way it did? Oh, I mean, I'm I'm not very good. Okay. So, okay. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I'll give me all the time in the world. It's not going to be good. <laughs> and then uh, that sort of evolved. Um, that that was the time when I really got to know Adam. And Adam and I ended up traveling a lot together in the scope of that job because as he was hosting the show and I was producing segments. Hold on, I just yeah, I I just realized something. What's that? Look at look at the camera. Yeah. No, this looks strange. Yeah. Because yeah. it looks. Look at <laughs> you can't see it on the monitor. No. Oh my but god. Wow. Weird, yeah. That's awesome. No. It's yeah. not. <laughs> <laughs> you had a weird. <laughs> I had. To... <laughs> That's why I always stay behind the camera, Kevin, because I would have seen that, and, and, and yeah, we would have that taken was that bad. down. It was a weird kind of... looked like horns. Yeah, bullhorns looking like thing. It. That's like very, it. it was almost Swiss Miss Girl, Maybe that's what I, I feel like, for, for some reason. Yeah. yeah. It's great. Hey, problem solved. Problem solved. We'll so you had, you had two weeks to put together four minutes of television, in the day, which in the, is a luxury I can't fathom. It was unbelievable, and it's no wonder the tech TV went out of business eventually. But uh, then it was a, like one per week, so that got a little more intense. And then, so still just the idea of like, you know, creating the best piece of television you could um and i remember peter hammersley who at the time was our vp of of programming telling me this is going to be your favorite job this is your favorite job that you're ever going to have i you know i miss doing this kind of thing this is where you have the most creative freedom and you can create whatever out of the stringent of sort of you know you're able to tell the stories you want to tell which is true but what uh, were the resources then for when it was zd transitioning to tech, tech. I, watching it um at, you know i was a teenager i think at mm-hmm. the time i was probably a late teen when i was getting really you into still it are. Uh, yeah. Thank you very much. Don't age a bit. Mm. Mm. That's Bleached right. anus. That's the secret. <laughs> oh, I know. I'll never tell. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's your other Gmail address. When I was watching it, uh, to me, in the untrained eyes at the time, uh, and the only somewhat trained eyes now, it was like, oh, they have billions of dollars to make all of this. It looked like an yeah. amazing set with graphics, and you know, you're traveling to places to cover things. Were you? Was it? pennies and, and yarn and string and hay to make this stuff or were, it were was, you it was duct tape and bailing wire we were using yeah. a lot of duct tape and bailing wire thank you paul allen and thank you microsoft um for what they were to give him all that money because at the time he owned the tech tv but we were doing things with duct tape and bailing wire like it was definitely not it we everything looked great because of the passion of the people mm-hmm. the creativity of the people it was one of those places like g4 where um you know the company tech tv had i think 400 people 90% of which were under 30. Right. And then the only people over 30 were like the bosses. And it was just every Friday night, we would go to the Petro Brewing Company, which was across the street from the studio. And if you can imagine this, like I'm whatever age I am in my 20s. And like, I don't have any plans for a Friday night, but I go across the street from the studio at five o'clock on a Friday and I end up with 40 or 50 of my friends that, from work. And then it becomes this thing of like, all right, I'm going to a birthday party, come on or whatever. And then you end up just like sitting on a on a curb at four in the morning hating right. yourself and doubting your life but like I, it was a great night I like that's the pre-game lobby that's <laughs> yeah, the matchmaking that there it's exactly. like okay we're all here what yeah. team is going where yeah cool we're gonna go conquer that and so the tech tv the people who worked at tech tv feel this kinship to each other because we just were all sure. at, a, at a magical place in time making making internet television when there was no fucking internet <laughs> we yeah. were like way ahead of our time well you talk about like the it sounds very much like early days of g4 which yep. i'm sure was i mean it happened a few years later but all the parallels are there the yep. inmates sort of running the asylum absolutely uh, yeah. you know y- young early to mid 20 somethings with uh, more creative control and power than yeah. they've ever been given in their entire lives yeah getting talk about like-minded people too like i mean you you took the gig it was a tv gig but you had a passion in games but you're now working with everybody who is, is singularly focused on that thing yeah. in many, many ways. You're yeah. going to jail. You're going to click. 
that was it. And that's where X-Play really started. So, yeah. um, you know, Extended Play was this very straight ahead, kind of like very magazine-y, no jokes, just very like, you know, we're, we're a journalist. You're a video we're game journalist. I did on Pulse. And, oh. and like we'd sit in the game capture lab and we were like just talking shit the entire time because you still have to capture all the footage for the games, make these reviews. And the conversations that would happen while watching the games in that lab with some of the funniest fucking people. I can say fucking, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, you mean you did. I know I can. Um, I, 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 uh, I listened to, to Mark Maron, so I know how this works. Uh, so I, I listened to your show too. Uh, so we would sit, we'd sit, we'd sit in the in the game capture lab, and that was, in its essence, kind of what X Play, where X Play started, was in those kind of conversations with the whole team. Everyone's capturing a different. Hey, game. that was really funny or interesting. Yeah. Why the fuck aren't we saying and doing exactly. that on television? Exactly. So then there was this uh, the network bosses. Um, a new a new guy came from E to Tech TV, who was one of my mentors, Greg Brandon, a wonderful, wonderful guy. Came and uh, said, look, we want to do a, nate, a late night block. I've got this concept for a straight ahead kind of talk show, which was hosted by Martin Sargent, who oh, was yeah. awesome. Uh, it was late night. Or up, God, I'm blanking on what they called it, but uh, Unscrewed with Martin Sargent. And then um, he said, they kind of came to, to me and to Adam and, and said, like, you know, do you guys have a concept for what a late night video game show might be like? And Adam and I had done so much traveling around together. We had done so much work together. We were, you know, just really in lockstep creatively. We'd had all these crazy ideas. We both loved comedy, loved comedy. I'm a total comedy nerd. I grew up with, you know, equal parts comedy albums and music. I love music too. Uh, Monty Python, like movies. I was worked in a video store through high school and college. Like I'm one of those dudes. So, yeah. you know, it's Kevin Smith, but thinner. Um, but like I, I, I had, I was bursting with ideas, and and Adam was, and the rest of the show team was. So um, uh, I, I raised my hand and said, like, let me make a pilot. Um, and it was a collaborative process with kind of contributions from, we had a couple of editors, uh, Mike, uh, Matt Korb and, and uh, Jason Chung, who had some great ideas, and they actually cut their own little piece together for the pilot. We made a pilot hosted by Adam. We kind of cut some comedy into what essentially was extended play. We brought in the filter of all the shit talking we were doing, all the writing that we were doing, all the all the all the jokes that we'd be telling behind the, the scenes, mm -hmm. bringing that into the sort of into the fold of the video games themselves and, and making reviews that were funny. So that pilot was kind of like, to their credit, the the bosses were kind of like, well, we don't really get it, but I think there's something here. You guys should run with this. Like you should you should do it. So we did it as <clears throat> it was going to sort of uh, started as sort of this idea of we'll we'll do the daytime version extended play, and we'll do nighttime version X play. But then once we got kind of up and running with with workshopping explain figuring out what it was going to be they decided to say hey let's forget the, the afternoon thing let's just go with this late night this show. is where it's at yeah. so uh those early days were there was a lot of piloting a lot of just trying different segments trying to see what that video game review the x play review was going to be and just having a lot of just you know we had amazing game experts like people like matt kyle who you know and, oh, yeah. and other people that were in the game sort of deep in the game lore and then i just hired really funny people to write so you well know, who else was doing video <clears throat> video game reviews at that time who else was doing like mm. I, I, it was i was ign were they even were they up on their video yes. reviews then not they much were. not okay. really not not in the way we, we they were kind of doing you know there'd be footage there wouldn't be like an edited review that was of that sort of level um that I remember during it that or talent time. delivering perspective no. on a thing, let not, alone a comedic one. Right, not okay. yet. So, no, no, we had not seen it. May have existed somewhere, but I had not seen what became an X Play review anywhere. And that's why I asked because it was it was interesting that like okay, we're piloting the show, but you're also piloting the, the ten thousand foot view concept of how do you review a video game yes. in a comedic way? Yeah. So, so here's the way I approach that. Um, I knew how to format a show, and, and you know when you're when you're talking about a, a television show, it's like. 
there's a very basic way if you're if you're smart about it, you say, okay, in the A block we're gonna do this, and the B block we're gonna do this, C, D. So I kind of had a sense of how a show would be put together. And then for the game reviews themselves, it was such a creative process that um, my mentality was, look, I can teach the gaming part. Like I wasn't a game expert, but you can learn about games. You can read the reviews, you can you know sure. play the game. You, but I can't teach funny. I can't teach brilliant writing. So um, by bringing on a team of people who were writers first, and that was the way I hired. It was like, in, 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 and and we sort of put, built the team. Is just like, be writers first. We'll teach the game. We have enough gamers on the team. There's enough sort of expertise here. But bring that like crazy sort of like out of left field referential stuff that we grew up on with Monty Python. And what my whole thing was like, make that Immanuel Kant reference. Make that like Virginia Woolf reference. Like this. It, there wasn't as Google wasn't as prevalent back then, but it was like if we have our audience Googling, that's then we're winning. So like make references that nobody's going to understand, but like review the game. That we have to be accurate. Never misspell anything. Never mispronounce anything. Never be wrong ever about the mechanics of the game and what what made the game good or bad. But then from there, just go go crazy. So um, and we had such a machine of of trying to create a ton of content that. Uh, we just had to keep making content. So like it was like it was good enough kind of thing. Like good enough, good enough, just get it going. And that's how we sort of developed. We almost developed on air as we were airing. Was it once a week <clears throat> at this point? No, it's three times a week. Three times a week. Yeah, we had, it was we launched three times a week. Um so I should say we we you know, we knew we were gonna have Adam. We Morgan was our absolute like she was already on air at the uh, she was on screen service at the time. Right. She was our first choice to be on the show. Um, and then, so she joined the show, and we were thrilled about that because, uh, you know, we weren't sure she wanted to move over from screensavers and do a new thing. And so, um, the chemistry, the chemistry of the two of them was almost immediate. And um, so, our show. So we we launched the show. This is two thousand three April. Uh, after a ton of work building up to the launch of the show, and it was really great. We were like. It was my, I would love to know how many cans of energy drink were consumed oh, in the process, how yeah. many coffees, how many rails were cut up and, yeah. and, and inhaled. Rails of, of cans, right? Of yeah. course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rails of yeah. aluminum. Yeah. That's what people That's don't what, know, that Adam is a robot yeah, well, and he lives off of recycling. We, we all are bionic on the inside. Uh, we had our own – it was a really – like it was a, a, an amazing time. And by the way, if you don't give a shit about X-Play, just use the two-minute skip button on your podcast player. Or if you're live, you're fucked. So you're going to have to just hear the story. Yeah, but, it's fine. Uh, the first year of X-Play was my favorite, one of my favorite years of my career because um, we were in our own little area of the office. We were literally, and we had our own no windowless area with with like um, some sound booths and edit bays on the side. And then in the middle was all cubes. And it was there was no one else there. No one to singe that delicate nerd skin. We no, got to yeah, keep exactly. that natural keep, light yeah, away. Keep, keep the natural light away. No. And then uh, we had an easy access to the garage so, so Adam could smoke. And, and we actually did a lot of brainstorming out there, uh, you know, in the garage as everybody was either pretending to smoke or not smoking. Um, and uh, it, we were left alone because when we launched, uh, X-Play launched with, uh, with Unscrewed and then Everything else, the, the whole slate of tech TV shows was still on, but the, the month we launched, we launched number one. So it was one of those things like in demo and uh, and sort of total ratings, we we launched as the top show on the network. And Screensavers was this, this and, and Screensavers was like, what the fuck? Like it was kind of one of those things like they had been number one for so long in a very healthy way. It's like, wow, okay, we have some competition now. We can start. Yeah, let's back wake it up. Also, and, yeah, you have someone who can help support the rest of the network. Yeah, and bring in some new eyeballs. And to the credit of the bosses, they were like. They said this to me, like, like, look, we don't know exactly why this is working, but we know it's working. So just keep doing it. And that's amazing. We'll make a couple of recommendations, but like they pretty much got out of the way. And then we just sort of continued to sort of move it forward. And since I was this idiot kid with, um, you know, with pretty much creative, you know, all the creative handcuffs off, we, you know, we developed the intern bits. We developed the sort of backstage stuff. We, you know, we had like uh, running gags throughout the show just because <clears throat> we were just trying to steal from any 
any other comedy that we'd seen in the past that had worked, whether it was Talk Soup. We actually had a guy who was consulting with us who had, who had worked on it early, on like the first season of Talk Soup. So we eventually found a rhythm. Like some stuff worked, some stuff didn't, but it was this amazing year of just like creative moment. It was really fun. So then, then the music stopped. Oh, yeah. Then, yeah. So, then the image goes black and white and said, well, the, I mean, here, I think part of what I, I've yeah. heard some stories let me, yeah. before we get to that, maybe we'll talk a little bit about the sunshine before we get to the darkness. Sure. Yeah. Because uh, Morgan has alluded to some stories that end with like, you know, people that she loved at the network peeing through mail slots. Mm. Um, Adams had a, a handful of stories of parting. Like, give me, yeah. give me what's what's the piece of that that tech TV life, that X play life. That yeah. whole scene, because you guys were close. We were you guys were close. a band of brothers, and the the and the tech TV broader community was close. Like we right. were, we had close friends across the whole network. And if you can imagine being at a job, I was there for four years, where you're constantly just looking over your shoulder, like, are they going to shut this down? Like almost. Oh, some... I can imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can imagine that for six to eight years. Put a mad, put yourself in those shoes, mm, Kevin. Yeah, Just, okay. Yeah. Like you're 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 hosting a show, and yet yeah. it may be pulled off the air at any time. Imagine, sure. I know. I know. Sure. It, with a bunch of other shut-ins who right. are riddled with anxiety yeah, and ADD. Take mm, I, take riddled riddled anxiety-ridden nerds and put them into a a, a bouillabaisse of other nerds that are also freaked out and looking over their shoulder, <laughs> waiting for the jock bullies to come and tell them they can't play anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That was tech TV. Oh, I can imagine that. So then, like, we would have these like Black Friday layoffs where like it would just be one of those days where just like, oh God, okay, well it's going to be a layoff day. Like there was. There was so much push and pull of the tech TV sort of thing. What was going to be, how much money were they spending? They'd pull forward and pull back. Mm -hmm. And so no one really knew the entire time whether the company was going to survive. We knew we were for sale. For the whole time X-Play was on the air, we knew the company was up for sale. Like any day now. Any day now. We could be sold to somebody. We, we'd heard all sorts of rumors. Um, and I've got now I've, I've been able to piece together all of the true stories by having talked to everybody in the sort of executive side and how that all whole thing un un unfolded the whole g4 thing specifically <clears throat> yeah, yeah and the whole well who do you know who some of the other suitors were before yeah, yeah. so um the the my again okay so if viewers or i'm gonna let you dodge, home, dodge telling me all, all the stories yeah, about this is all, cocaine and weed and <laughs> right. ecstasy i'm gonna let you dodge all that i was asking for one one but, I'm but still, I'll let you I, dodge no, I'm, it just, all. I'm just i'm qualifying this by saying this was you know 15 years ago so like some of the memories may be a little clouded just because of time we'll put an asterisk there uh, yeah time and bong resin it's my, really hard yeah, to go exactly. searching through those files <laughs> My memory is that um, Sony Sony was the other kind of big. Uh, I heard that as well. Actually. The, the other sort of person, uh, the person, <laughs> the other uh, entity that was looking to buy Tech TV. So it came down to Comcast and Sony. Charles, as we know, was leading the charge with, yeah. with Comcast. So uh, we, of course, so this was interesting. So during the time that X Play was launching as well, we were very aware of G four, and we were like, "Huh, okay, this is a thing." All right, and then well, we, okay, elaborate on, "Huh, this is a okay, thing." So I'm going to. So I remember the first time being aware, I was aware of G4, I saw all of you with your, like, whatever, your, your, the shirts you wore at E3, those, like, bright orange or bright yellow shirts. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. there's all these kids running around with, like, yellow bright shirts Bright orange shirt with weird, weird like, shirts. white icons of, like, smiley little yeah. clouds and TVs with, you know, and at E3, acid faces at on. E3, at X, with X-Play, we would just go down and we'd shoot raps and we were not, like, a big force or an entity. Yeah. We were just like, oh, we were, we were just there shooting material and we'd bring it back to San Francisco and cut it and put it on the air. So I was like, wow, these, there's a whole thing happening with all these, like, you know, the, these, these, these very passionate people running around with really horrible, horrible colors. Oh, yeah. So then that was the beginning. And then I started reading the trades and realizing there was a thing that was starting up, a, a video game network that was kind of getting up and running. I was like, it makes sense. We're in the video game space. I understand. I understand the importance of this audience and how much the audience is passionate about this content because they were our viewers and they were interacting with us. 
then I started going, then each of us were like, well, why aren't they calling us? Like, you know, we're doing this. Like, we're, we've been doing this for fucking, you know, three years. No one's calling us, you know, see if we want to, you know, come and, you know, work down there. Like, if there's your, like, ego starts kicking in. Like, you know, this whole thing happened. And we're like, oh, fine, whatever. And then, so, so that was kind of our thing. Like, all right, there's this thing happening. We weren't really able to watch it because we went, didn't get it in San Francisco. So no one really saw it in the early days. Um, I think a couple pieces of, of, of video. I remember seeing you for the first time when you were hosting Sweat. When you were wearing your Canadian tuxedo double denim. Uh, arena. Arena. That arena, yes. yeah. The, 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 the show. dude. Esports, baby. Yes. Lee Rareman, Hawk, yes. the ex-American gladiator. Yes. You, oh, yeah. You, I remember you were wearing double denim. I don't yeah. know if it was a vest and jeans or it was some double, no, double it was, denim. No, it was a jean jacket, jean yeah. pants. And you had your molester mustache, more like a molested mustache. Definitely like just that little like. Yeah, as know, if my uncle rubbed right in the middle <laughs> so hard that all the hair came off. Yeah, that mustache. They can't connect. Yeah. They just don't. Yeah. They won't make amends. Yeah, but even then I was like. Oh, he looks weird, but he's good. He's good, but he looks... He that's looks kind weird. of you to say, I was not that good. I was yeah. not that good, but I was good enough, and I was free. Yes, well, that's, so, hey. that's good, and still, still. <laughs> um, so, so, what was the question? Uh, oh, the, the purchasing, yeah. Well, yeah, when we'll get back to that, but yep. when you go like, oh, yeah, okay, that's a thing, that's a mm-hmm. thing. When I said, like, tell me about that, like, what were you guys really thinking? Because um, I remember, uh, I remember clear, like, whether it was IGN or it was uh, what you guys were doing at X-Play, like, mm-hmm. I just remember seeing things, and there was, su- it was such, like, Fuck those guys, man! All right, yeah. fuck them. Yeah, fuck. Well, we're our shit's the real shit, and it was such like a, a, a like an unspoken nerd rivalry, at least from yes. from our end. And I didn't know if that was because you guys were top dog. I just so, don't remember. We 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 so did not think of ourselves as top dog. We kind of just were like lucky. We just thought of ourselves as lucky to be doing what we were doing. Literally, it sounds Pollyanna, but we were like, we're in San Francisco, a city that we love. We're no, making that sounds content about that we right. Love. I've, like, I've met enough people yeah. that work from there. That, that sounds so, about right. So I, I'm sure that that existed within the people who were actually watching the show and seeing much more of it. I wasn't. I I, I literally didn't get it on the cable channel. I didn't have Directv. I don't know where you guys were distributed. I don't remember watching it at all during that time. I just remember reading about it, seeing some pieces of video online. And well, not, you're in the majority. Right, <laughs> and uh, and not having a sense of like, well, fuck these guys, but I'm sure that was you know a lot of people were kind of thinking that, and there was right. that, that nerd rivalry. Well, also when when G4 launched, it was like it was like a cartoon. Yeah, it was everything was poppy, techno color, yeah. big sugary smiles, and yeah. everything. You guys were having cigarettes in the loading bay and coming yeah. up with some really. Dark stuff. Really dark like, shit. There was some dark Which, shit. And none of that would fly on I mean, early we, we had interns being murdered. Yeah. We had, like, there, there was, you know, Adam's sensibility and my sensibility, we would talk ourselves into some really dark shit sometimes. I bet. And it was awesome. It was really great. But, <laughs> and it was just one of those things like, eh, that one on TV, <laughs> okay, well, well, we'll see what's next. But like, like Gavin has talked about with The Tonight Show and with, um, you know, Attack of the Show when you guys were doing it, it was a machine. It was a content yeah. machine. You couldn't ever stop making content so there's a blessing to that and there's also a curse to it because like, mm-hmm. you, you don't get to do necessarily your best work you're just doing good enough and sometimes little moments of, of genius come out of it you often also don't get to hit pause take no. a breath observe no. what you've made analyze no. why you've made it no. see how you can improve it it's just no we just got to get another one on air so let's go and there's something to that i really kind of like yeah. that i mean uh, you can I, I hear i hear i've never made a, a film but i hear people who make films um interviewed or, or i talk to friends of mine who've made films and they sit with that story for years before they shoot it. They finally shoot it. Then they sit and edit for years on like a one story where you're just you, you're going to drive yourself mad. It's never going to be right. Yeah. And you just got to get it out. Just like put it out and get it out there. I did Academy of Arts for a summer. I had like a grant, went and did it because I couldn't afford it. Yeah. And when I learned how long it took to make a film, I went, oh. Yeah, me oh, no. too. Because I'm tired of ideas that I came up, at, come up with at breakfast. And yes. by lunch, I'm like, ugh, old Moving on, yes. like I couldn't imagine having to sit with something for so long. That was the reason I decided to go into television as opposed to film because I grew up as a movie nerd and loved movies, and I thought I wanted to be in film. 
And then when I realized that there was this thing, television, that is more of a, like, you just move, you move, you move. Um, I still love film. I love watching films, and I, I love the art of it. But my mentality is much more about kind of, like, you know, moving and, and, and you know, just sort of always having a new story to tell. I love, and there's, right now there's some 12-year-old kid who's vaping on an IOHawk, leaning, going, like, ugh, TV? Yeah. 21 minutes? Yeah. No, 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 I'm going to stick with Vine. Well, yeah. and I've got, I can handle my I've, seven seconds. Yeah, I've gotten into that, too, which is, like, my, my sort of career is – gone in very much into digital media, which I love, love as well for its own, every medium has its own, um, its own power and its own, and its of, own language, its, its own, own conventions. Language. Yeah, you know? exactly. All yeah. right. So you lived with the constant fear yes, constant of the fear. boot dropping yes. on your neck any Friend, day. Friends getting fired all the time. Sure. Um, you know, the, the, the sort of survivor's guilt that would come with that mm -hmm. too. Cause you have very talent, talented, good friends that were laid off from different shows for no good reason. Besides it, it was just a, a cost cutting measure. So it was a really odd environment of just paranoia. And so many of the, the, you know, some of the paranoia that you guys experienced at G4 kind of, I think, began at Tech TV of everybody like, well, I heard this is the, this is the day we're all getting, you know, all, we're all getting fired. Blair Butler was the worst with that. I, I love her to death. But she, oh, yeah. she's my, one of my favorite people <laughs> on this planet. I know, me too. I love but her. But she would just be, guys, guys, what happened? What yeah. happened? What yeah. happened? I found a half-scratched lotto ticket by a trash <laughs> bin. I guess they're worried about the power being cut off. We're all doomed. We're all doomed. <laughs> Runs through plate glass. Yeah, and then eventually she was right. But, uh, you know, we... <laughs> Aren't we all? We, yeah. <laughs> but we, we, we knew this purchase... Was, thing was and, and, and so my that must be weird i'm sorry just to yeah to put a point on it for those who've never worked in that situation to show up to work every day we're supposed to be creative you're supposed to yeah. make a thing you got to work alongside folks and there is a for sale sign right across the window yes. you know it's there in the grass yeah you're walking into that building knowing at any minute oh there could be an all hands on deck meeting yeah. we could all be gone what a terrible umbrella of hatred to be huddled under and yet and uncertainty and yet you're making your best, you're doing your best work and you're having so much fun and you're loving the people you're working with. It's the people, the people, the people. And mm -hmm. y y every day you're just like, I can't believe they're paying me to do this. They're not paying me much. And that's fine. Like, you know, cause I always believe that sort of you just keep trudging, trudging away and you'll, you'll eventually find sort of your, your, your success. I tell unquote. that to all of my unpaid employees, yeah. all of them. Yeah. Like this is the path for you. It's yeah. not about the money. No, nope. it's about this experience. It's about working with Kevin. It's about <laughs> hearing just the knowledge that he's going to drop on right. you. Like, and then I disappear to go to yeah. shoot a true TV show yeah. for three months. Yeah. <laughs> you guys good? Is the building still there? Okay, yeah. great. Yeah. I got to go. I got to get into the casting session with a, a model. I'm not going to pay to be in this show, but uh, you guys keep doing your uh, good work. I haven't abused that privilege yet, but I, it's coming <laughs> literally and figuratively. Yeah. So you find out. Don't call it an it. You, <laughs> yes. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. It is an it. It is an it. Um, you walk into work one day and oh shit or there's murmurs there's, so there's an email chain there were murmurs there were there were all sorts of rumors um and things started heating up and i started kind of you know it, it, we we found out that you know there was sort of two players um it might have been liberty media sony and then suddenly comcast came into the mix just as rumor mill rumor mill rumor mill, sure. rumor mill and then uh the the sort of word came down that it was it was comcast and it was g4 and that, you know, the company would sort of, you know, be merged into G4. That kind of became, and then it became like an obvious, like, well, you know, how's this going to play out? At the same time, I had been called out of the blue by a guy that used to work at Tech TV, who's now at a production company in um, the Bay Area, who's, they're making shows for HGTV, DIY Network, and History Channel. And he asked me if I'd want to come and work there. Uh, and I didn't want to move to LA. That was the only thing. So, and, you know, it was, it was, 
a good step for me in retrospect, but it was also a crazy move because I went from like making this like really inappropriate show about video games to jumping over to a production company that was making like fucking shows for HGTV, which right. were great in their own way. It was like a different niche and a different genre, but it wasn't true to my like passion. Mm-hmm. And um, but I wanted to stay in the Bay Area, so. Uh, I ended up shifting over. I left before the merger actually happened, before it was finalized, and before all the sort of hellfire started coming down. Uh, and, and of course, staying in close touch with all my friends who were still at Tech TV and sort of the, who was going to move down, who was going to be laid off, whether, whether they were going to shut down, like all that stuff as it unfolded for that first kind of year. And when the team first came down, and then and you had all your you know sort of interactions with all those guys and all those ladies, yeah. and I mean it was it was a crazy time, and it was and I credit. The, the the people the, the the employees at G4 the workers at G4 for kind of like muscling through it all as all this crazy shit was happening you know amongst the management and the sort of the the company's sort of posture around everything sure for my personal journey um uh, about ten months after you know uh, ten months about a year after I left uh, I got another call from Peter Hammersley who had been my boss at Tech TV who was now at G4 after the whole sort of merger had happened and he asked if I'd be interested in finally moving to L A. And I was at the time producing a show called Fresh Coat for DIY Network, where I was literally watching paint dry. That was my job. <laughs> I was like in, in the field. I got the call, and I'm sitting there. I'm like, "Well, we can't get the shot until the, the strie dries on the wall." I swear to God. And it's like, "Hello, <laughs> oh, oh, hello, oh, oh hi. hi. Anything but this? Yeah, yes, any, be anything? right there. Okay, Click. Yeah. Can I live near the beach? Is there a beach down there? Okay." Uh, and then so I, I came down Fresh to G4 coat. then. I yeah, that was that literally. So I, 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 cr- I love that so much. I helped create that show. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Fresh coat. See what, see what it means? It's, it's got a double meaning. Oh, I'm there. Yeah. I'm there with you. Yeah, oh, fun. it's amazing that escaped my DVR. Yep. So you decided to head on down. Yep. And were you on X Play right away? Were you back yeah. on it? Yeah. Yeah. So I came in. When I came in. Uh, was it know, after the. like? Martin Sargent's team had been let yeah. go because like, I, I don't remember your timeline. I think timeline so. I think precisely. it was after Martin's team had been left go. Because there was a mass, go. like, you know, Albrecht yeah. was let go <clears throat> yep. with a lot of other folks from Screensavers. I, and... I think I came in when he was just sort of maybe on his way out. Um, but I came in and took over uh, sort of all the shows that weren't Attack of the Show or Screensavers at the time. They were still Screensavers. Mm-hmm. As an exec producer, at the time of the structure, there were two executive producers. There was me and Jim Downs who was running um, Screensavers and Attack mm-hmm. of the Show. And then Attack of the Show launched during my time that I was there and so I was sort of just you know milling around all the other shit and trying to organize you know as much as I could and and um and not doing a super great job of it but you know it was it was super fun in its own way it was a very different experience uh it was everyone working so hard so many like I went from one show at a time to suddenly I had 10 shows and that was insane Mm -hmm. um and so you 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 just have a whole different sort of uh, skill set mindset and you feel further away from what you know you're really trying to create do but I still I love the people I love the teams um, met amazing people at G4 and I was there for four years in various in various capacities sure. yeah and then you went and did the digital thing yeah which was a lot of folks doing it yeah. it was a good time to go and do it it was time to move back to San Francisco I yeah. was I had done four years in LA um, I had worked on you know X-Play and those all the other sort of like G4TV.com and oh god uh I, I mean, I'm just blanking on all these show names. They were, they were at, at, at the time, it was like, I think about 15 Did you work shows. on Hurl? Was that you as well? I did not work baby? on Hurl. No? But that was one of those moments I was like, okay, well, this is this is where it's headed. Yeah. I, saw, I remember when Cops came on and when Hurl came on. Yeah. 
but I, I, my last thing was uh, was American Ninja Warrior. American Ninja Warrior, yeah. yeah. yeah that was it. Uh, the first two seasons of that. I love uh, it. The network finally has a hit, guys. Great. Let's pluck it and put it on NBC. Yeah, yeah exactly. Cool. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Thanks, <laughs> I see guys. how this works Thanks. now. Thanks. <laughs> uh, and by the way, on the first season of that, it was like they, they were like, Ninja Warrior is doing really well. Um, at the time, I had moved into development like EPing and I wasn't running a bunch of shows because of the whole litany of, of reasons. But uh, the, 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 you know, networks was, network was like, you know, American Ninja's working, or Ninja Warrior's working. Mm-hmm. We've been given the opportunity to take two or three competitors over to Japan to run the actual course. Yeah, I was on Ninja that Warrior. Trip, yeah. yeah. And so we need to figure out what the show is. Like, how do we tell this story? So that was what was kind of handed to me. And so it was like, okay, we're going to do an online contest. We're going to have people submit, you know, videos of themselves doing all these moves. And, and you've got me and another very non-athletic, like, you know, uh, development uh, uh, VP, Laura Saviella. We're both sitting in her office going, well, that guy looks, his upper body looks great. Like, it feels like he could really tackle it. Like, no fucking idea. Like, oh, his legs, he feels like he's not quite, you know, he doesn't quite have the spring to be able to get up the, uh, that, that salmon ladder. That's when I discovered parkour. That's when I, you know, infiltrated those communities and started to recruit from those communities. Once mm-hmm. I saw parkour videos on YouTube, I was like, "Holy shit!" Like that is that's Ninja Warrior. Mm-hmm. So we ended up, you know, really reaching out to the, those people and those communities and, and hoping they would come on. So the first season of American Ninja Warrior was a, a, an hour-long special, and then a couple of other shorter shorter shows that we did. And <laughs> as part of that as well, I had to I had to build I had to figure out what the final challenge would be when the when the winners come to LA. So um, I knew that the Marines had an obstacle course at Camp Pendleton. So I, I called the Marines, and they were totally down with having us come down. So we shot at their training course at Camp Pendleton where they run the Marines through, like, this gnarly obstacle course. That was, like, the first round. And then for the second round, <clears throat> it, I wanted to build a recreation of what they had in Japan. So I wanted to, I wanted to have, like, a, a, a you know, the, 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 the salmon ladder right. and the, the warped wall, wall, warped probably wall, the, the finger grip. The finger grip. Yep. Exactly. And so I – The I, tentacle slapper. I looked at the warped wall, and I was like, that looks like a skate ramp. Um, so maybe I can reach out to a skate ramp builder and see if they can build something. We, we called it the Ninja Killer. It literally was that. Like, it's amazing. We built – so we had, had this thing built by a, skate, uh, a skateboard ramp manufacturer in San Diego – had schematics. He was this dude who was like, yeah, man, it looks great. We can totally do that. I'm, you know, like only phone calls. Like, I'm like, yeah. who knows if this thing is happening? Yeah, I, hope it's, writing, I hope it's there and waiting for me. Writing checks. He's like, yeah, it's great, dude. Yeah, yeah the, the wall looks awesome. And we're going to paint it. It's going to be gnarly. It's got a carb on the side. Yeah, There's like 13 good. different ways yeah. you can smoke out of it, yeah. man. Triple so, chamber. King for the ice. But I took these, these the finalists over. We built it in a parking lot in uh, next to Camp Pendleton. Uh, and we put this thing together and it was just as rickety as you would imagine plywood giant we called it the ninja killer and mm-hmm. i and i was like wait a minute we didn't we didn't think about pads we didn't have any pads i was like we probably should have pads or helmets or any kind of safety equipment uh, you're a better producer not than so me. much I'm yeah like, we nah, just, uh, if it bleeds yeah, get, yeah, a, it get bleeds, a nice punch in. can we put a gopro in the wound i can remember like how far can we push it yeah, in there i remember seeing my career pass in front of me as as i saw them doing the salmon ladder and it was just like well if they fall they're dead i'm i'm fired yeah but they were amazing athletes, and they Woo! were okay. Thank, thank you, athletes. You know, I, I think I don't know if I've told this story before. I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure I've told it before. I don't know if it's been on the podcast, but uh, when I was out there to do the Mount Midoriyama yeah. run and got to do on, go on the course and whatever, uh, we had our American crew filming some stuff. I think yeah. it was for your show. Yeah, was it? Because I know I went to Japan with yes. you. I think it was on that trip. Uh, we no, went, we went for TGS. We went for TGS. One yeah, year. we did that karaoke. Yeah, that was an awesome. Oh, trip. I have so fun. I have, I have photos and vague memories. I do too. I have photos and I have video. I have one video where I pan around a karaoke booth and I see you, Gavin, Jim. I can't remember Jim who else. Jim was probably yeah. there. Aaron Murray, I and think, was there. We got involved. Aaron Murray was there. Like yeah. we, we had that whole booth Lo for Tierzo ourselves. Yeah, Lo Tierzo was the Nightmarican. 
Yeah, that was amazing. Remember that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. that was a, that was that was the trip where Sessler abandoned me at a dance club while I was wearing my nudie boy shirt. I'll never forget that night. Um, I don't know what happened between midnight and four a.m., but I'll never forget the rest of it. But uh, we were there on the course, and where it was an interesting moment for me for a myriad reasons. But one was that uh, one of the one of the uh, Japanese ninjas was running the course. Yeah. Like one of the locals. Yeah. Crowds there. They're cheering. Family. Okay. Great. Here we go. He does the, the little, uh, the, the pillars, the columns. Yeah, okay, great, past that. Does the log drop. Okay, cool. The next obstacle was the one where you have to jump onto the giant pole. Yes. And it slams into a rail, and then you got to yes. wiggle it. Yeah. Left, yeah, right, kind of like a stick yeah. shift, right? Yeah. yeah. So he, he, I'll never forget, he runs, leaps, grabs, but he has the bar. He doesn't clutch the bar close to him, so he's holding yeah. it out in front of him. His momentum swings him into the bar. The metal bar slams against the metal up top, and yeah. his whole face goes slam yeah. right into this pole. Yeah. And he sort of slides Slide down, down like, like, like a sad Mario at the yeah, end of exactly. 1-1, just slides on down, lands into the water, and yeah. you could tell he was dazed. Now, thankfully, he wasn't like floating. He got up, he shook his head a bit, but there's, the, the, the waters are now red. red. He, oh. is, he is bleeding profusely. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, head wounds bleed. I mean, that's sure. we all have the same turn-ons, the same fetishes. Head wound hairy. They fucking bleed. Uh -huh. And so this dude is, is pouring out of his skull, and two things happen at the same time. One. The American film crew runs over, <laughs> cannons in his face, right? Just rack zooming Not into helping. his forehead. Not nope. Helping. They're nope. there. They're capturing it. And I'm looking at producers who shall remain nameless from the G4 side of things going, get over there! Shoot it! Go! And they're yelling like they're like launching a fucking F-16 on an aircraft. Just it gesturing bleeds, And then the Japanese film crews are going like this, mm -hmm. saying, no, get away, mm -hmm. going over, helping. The cameras, the, 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 the big podium cameras, turning them around yeah. from the action, and the crowd looks away. And in that moment, it was sort of like, oh, well, but, but that's... What? And they're like, I remember talking through Nick Odomura, our fixer. I don't know yeah. if you ever worked yeah, with yeah, him. Yeah. But he goes like, oh, that, that'll never see the light of day. Like, that run will never make it on the show. And I was like, but why, why? And he's like, oh, because it's not about getting injured. That's, we don't ever want that. It's, and it's and about that's the why honor. we make better TV in America, Kevin. That's the, that's the moral of that story. <laughs> that's what I learned. That's what I learned. I mean, who doesn't want to see blood? Like in muddy water. Can you imagine? Like, oh god, that was the thing. About I was that there. Course. I was watching yeah. it. But to me, that was really telling. It yeah. was really poignant. As as, look, they're a culture that needs to have women only trains between seven thirty and nine thirty at some spots on the Yamanote line. They're a culture that loves tentacles and pixelation and all sorts of stuff. Your people. My, I that's yes. a, there's a reason Japan is my yes. favorite place on the planet. Like I'm all <laughs> for it. But despite all that weird sexuality and repression and whatever else, yeah. Like there was such, uh, to me, there was such honor in that moment. Mm -hmm. I, I just, I loved it. My other anecdote about um, being on set at Mount Midoriyama, and I got to go one time, which the first time, I can't remember, I think I had a, a wedding I had to go to or something. There was a reason I wasn't on that trip. And I, I remember being just like heartbroken that I couldn't go over that first season. Then we did season two and I was able to go. And, you know, you, you arrive, and I'm, if you haven't seen the American Ninja Warrior, Ninja Warriors, the original stuff, look it up on YouTube. Yeah, like, it's great. It's, they're, they're, they build this set in a, I think two weeks and then they shoot the show from like seven in the morning until five in the morning and then it's folded up and the the the, the circus leaves town yeah. and it's this insane insane set so more scaffolding more than scaffolding you've ever, ever, ever seen in your life and I, being a fan of the show the japanese show being there was just magical and so i remember you know standing there looking at it and then the our fixer was saying this is like it's six in the morning five thirty in the morning freezing cold there's like you know, you just see like mist coming off everybody's, you know, you know, it's, it's still dark outside. And they're like, well, you know, if you want to run the course before everyone else gets here, before like we start shooting the show, you're welcome to. And I was like, 
that is the most amazing opportunity that I'm going to say no to. Because oh, no! There was no no shower. It's uh, freezing yeah, cold. Yeah. I'm looking at the muddy water. I'm yeah. like, and I had a whole day of like producing. I was like, you know, I, but I, I do regret a little I'm bit. I'm going to say no to this once in a lifetime there's opportunity. No doubt I would have fallen on the first thing. Like, it would be 100%. like, step, boom. Like, step, step water. slip, That's and it. Yep. drunk. And then, yeah. yeah, you happy now, Ryan? You're bleeding in muddy water, and you also have GRD or whatever the hell you catch. In that. <laughs> but that day we had Levi Muhlenberg, was one of the guys we Yeah, took, right? I remember Levi. Levi. And he, as it turned out, as each stage progressed, he kept clearing it. And then there'd be, he cleared stage one. He cleared stage two. There were only, I think, two or three Japanese competitors who were with him by the time he got to stage three. And then they, or he might have been the only one to get to stage three. My memory's a little bit foggy, but he was the last I recall him being like one of the only dude. ones. Yeah. So he was the last dude. Like, it was clear he was going to win. And then... I just love the way they shot America. I love the way they say everything. I love Japan. I love Japan. I was just there um, for Halloween. That was a whole experience. Oh, we're going to get into that because it is my Uh, favorite place. It is. I I love it. I've gone with a group of guys uh, now twice, and it's just so fun. So Evite got lost in the mail. That's cool. So They were guys, Kevin. So leap. Oh, right. Got it. So, So so. The thing was, we, as the day went on and as Levi kept going further and further and winning more and more, it was kind of like a sense of like, oh, God, like we're out here in the middle of nowhere and these Jap- Japanese folks are like hosting us and yet our guy is winning and we're all going to die. And when it got to like the, the very last stage of like all these other guys had fallen and Levi was the only one still in, I was like, start the car. <laughs> like, <you> know, <laughs> the, we weren't supposed to come and win. Like the, the American guy was not supposed to win. No, like, you know, there are these legends of, of Ninja Warrior that were, you know, these Sasuke guys that were like, you know, they were the ones that were supposed to win. We were just happy to be there. And Nagano Levi's on a fishing Nagano, boat. Exactly. He's supposed to grab the anchor, yeah. put it over his shoulder, yeah. run the course, kiss a baby, yeah. and done. And that's the way the narrative is supposed to go. But they just, and we were out the night before, and I remember seeing all of those legendary guys out drinking and smoking, and I was like, you guys are like doing a thing tomorrow you might want to get you know get home and of course our guys were like you know not drinking so uh so they got to the they got he got to that last stage and every one of those superstars nagano like all the big guys came out and cheered him on awesome stood there cheered him on gave and this him is tips. at like four in the morning four now the morning, right and they've been stayed. there all day the day before they all stayed yeah and they all cheered him on and um we survived that night which was which was great yeah it was really fun it was an amazing experience that again goes to the honor of what it's about it's about the it's about the course it's about the stretching yourself it's about sort of that that athletic pursuit as opposed to winning and i did get the sense that like you know, say oh golf is a game about beating yourself even though you'll give your is buddy it? shit about who has the best it, score right that's yeah, supposed yeah. to be right it's supposed to be you conquering yourself yeah. but there is that there is that friendly competition that happens there but ultimately it's about beating that course and i did see like just as you alluded to all the legends when i was there they they appeared as genuine as i can observe genuinely yeah. happy for anybody who did well on the course because they know what goes into it. Whereas you and I would be like, God damn it. Motherfucker. Dude, I, oh, I'd be just pissed because I'm like, dude, we could have been wrapped at 10. <laughs> I could have been, I could have had my tall boy of Asahi and been on a bullet uh, train on the way to like sumo hentai battles. Like, no, but now I'm here at 4 a.m. <laughs> freezing my ass off because you have to be athletic. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah, I'm with you. I, yeah. You have a sloppy, any sloppy Japan stories? Sloppy Japan memories? Ah, oh, man. The, the trip... I was on with you. I that was a great one. Um, that one, um, like I remember, like time to shit show was hours. Yes. From landing in Narita to like getting some soft drinks from a vending machine yeah. to like, oh, people are starting to black out. Yeah. There may or may not be strip clubs involved <laughs> like, and karaoke. Tr- treating this amazing city like Vegas. Like, oh, oh we're, it's shiny. Let's get some booze and walk around. That's... Like it's a shiny place. <laughs> That's what happens in shiny places. Uh, I have been there. I think I've been to Japan like ten times now, and I I am more and more sort of transfixed by it every time. And 
I use, always used to go for work, and now I've gone a couple of times not for work. And just you know, even just doing like a four day weekend there, you can really pull it off on the West Coast if you if you plan your flights right. It's just it's it's magical and it's insane and it's it's. Um, How is it now? Because I'm I was actually supposed to land there the morning of that that became the day that the earthquake hit. Ah. And the tsunami, and I had to push my travel that was plans. Your fault. I had to push it a week. So sorry to inconvenience you, Kevin. <laughs> so sorry. That... I'm saying I'm 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 forever grateful that I I begrudgingly canceled everything because the direct TV thing was going down with G4, mm. and they were like, "Oh, it's going to happen. We need you here in case we need to shoot a thing or need messaging or whatever." So so the one time so one of the times we were there, it might have been the time I was there with you. It was when the uh, current president of G4, Charles Hirshhorn, had been asked to leave. Yeah. And uh, Neil Tiles had started as, as the new president of G4. So new big boss coming in. Uh, we had all the inmates were in Japan for TGS. We were like going crazy and having, you know, like we were doing work. Like we were actually shooting shows and whatnot. Yeah. But I remember getting that call in the lobby of the hotel and was like, okay, Charles is fired and uh, this new guy's uh, here and he's calling a meeting like for literally the day you're back. And looking at Jim, so Jim and I were going to have to go and sort of be in the staff meeting, his first staff meeting, and having no idea who this dude was. And it was like, of course, the whole thing is like, well, great. You know, people come in, they fire everybody. Like, you just, all those fears are going through. I remember getting off that 10-hour flight, 11-hour flight, and going straight to the office. I think we landed at like 11 a.m., going straight in for like walking through the door into the big conference room as everybody sat down. And Jim and I just both like, oh, like, and then I'll never forget this moment. You know, you, you realize that sometimes when you're in certain scenarios, your job is just to sort of like be a good communicator in meetings and like, you know, just sort of, you know, you want to telegraph what's going on. Um, and I, all the network brass, like everyone was there, all the, all the bosses and, you know, Jim and I are probably the most junior people in the room. And everybody sits down is like, sits down and and then Dale Hopkins, who is the COO then says, Oh, Neil, you know, Ryan and Jim just got back from Tokyo. How was it guys? And it was like silence. Like we were the first people to speak. And I just the remember, floor is yours, gentlemen. Yeah, the entire world is closing, like this just tunnel just closed of all like the, the Japanese, like all the sparkling lights and the, the, the hentai and the karaoke and the sushi and the, and the ramen and all just gets all just crushed into this like blackness and just like <laughs> going da, 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 da. No, I'm pretty sure Japan. that's it was good. Japan. You know, Japan. And now with an ounce of perspective and distance, you realize you could have said pretty much oh, any yeah. of those to- stories and Neil would have been, like, yeah. been like, yeah, yeah. Neil's Neil great. had a hard hat with two beers <laughs> on the side and the straws <laughs> yeah. going into his mouth. Yeah. He's, it, he's shelling peanuts on the floor. But it goes to like one of the, the themes of like, there's this Mark Twain quote that I'm going to butcher, but uh, it's my, one of my favorite things, which is I had a lot of worries in my life, most of which never happened. So, you know, it's not always true. Sometimes your gut is right and sometimes you do need to worry. But, you know, Neil ended up being this great guy who, you know, we had our challenges here and there, you know, sort of working around the new regime. And there was a lot of sort of drama that happened subsequently. But, you know, in that moment, that guy would have loved hearing any of those stories. And just be yourself and like, you know, go in and and just don't don't feel the pressure and the weight of the moment. Try to step away and just, you know, just be your who you really are, because at the end of the day, you know, things are going to go the way they're going to go. Life's going to happen. But if you just try to get away from the worry and try to just, you know, that's where it gets to that thing of like, it's not Pollyanna. You're just trying to put aside the, the worrying about shit that, that, that you're not, you're not supposed to worry about. Well, and the, the energy wasted trying to organize around all those what ifs, all those mm. disaster scenarios, yeah. when in reality, there's very few things you have direct control over. Absolutely. So save the energy 
Yeah. Don't don't waste it cleaving precious muscle fiber shaking over that. things. Still work on that. Well, that's yeah. what I was going to ask. Like, yeah. where, where are you at now with your life, your career, your family? Like, yeah. what what has has changed for you? I, I, let's, if you don't mind me putting you back on the mentor pedestal, I, I, you know, because that is a that is a, a, a very important lesson that mm-hmm. I wish I would have learned way earlier on was to completely be myself and not try to. Uh, forecast what the room needed yeah. or what the network needed or what my relationships have needed and just been me yeah. and trusted that that would have been the right thing. Well, it may not always be the right thing, but at, right. least, at well, least it's it, you. <laughs> well, no, and that's the thing. Yeah. The, the right thing, it could have led to me losing a job or having a, a, a tumultuous breakup, but there's lessons in that. As yeah. long as you, I've been saying lately that there really is no failure as long as you recognize uh, the lesson, essentially. As long as you can recognize what went wrong and learn from that, then mm-hmm. then there's no real, there's really no failure. There's it's experience. Really hard to they they, they tell you they, there's a whole school of thought that says live in the moment, live in the moment, live in the moment, and it's really hard sometimes to get out of the moment. And sometimes you really shouldn't be necessarily in the moment. You should be looking at it from the outside and saying, okay, this is not a big deal. It's not something to get freaked out about. Let me just sort of work on kind of you know having that perspective. But it's really hard to do in those moments. Um, so life is great. I mean, I, I after G4, I went to Revision 3 and, and ran programming and production there. And then we were acquired by Discovery. And so I was at Discovery for a year and a half. And that was a phenomenal. All that was like a really an, another amazing learning experience. And then I was at a company called Creative Live for a year and a half that was uh, that's online education. So I've kind of been doing different things in digital media and, and in digital video, um, realizing that, A, our prophecies of the, the future being video, all 100% true. There's no doubt that video will be the medium of choice for the internet for sort of all interaction, whether it's Snapchat, whether it's Vine, whether it's, you know, who'd whatnot, uh, you know, all the, I have a lot of friends now, the, uh, since moving back to San Francisco in, in 2009, um, the great thing about living there now is that, um, you know, you're surrounded by really smart people who are generating really cool ideas, especially the 2000, like 10 to 2000, like 13 era when like, Twitter was just getting up and running and Uber was just getting up and running and, um, you know, things like Snapchat, Vine, like all these ideas were kind of being fomented. Um, and, and what I found was I had this amazing group of friends because it's just a bunch of nerdy people, mostly dudes, unfortunately, we need more women in the tech industry, but who are smart, funny, that are like have really great ideas and that are really focused on making them happen. They just happen to be apps. They happen to be companies that make billions of dollars and we make television. So, you know, like there's a similar kind of camaraderie of, Mm -hmm. of, of a, of a social group of people that I can sort of, you know, really relate to and have a lot of fun with that that I've had in the past at at sort of different jobs. Um, I think you're right about video being the, the, I mean, the predominant medium, obviously I I think it's as bandwidth and battery continues to improve. We're going to just see more of that. What about VR? So, because I don't think it's going to, it's, it, I mean, it will cannibalize video a, a little bit. It's going to nip at it a little bit. But mm-hmm. I mean, do you see them as being two completely separate paths for a while? Do you think VR is is overhyped right now? I think, yeah, there, it's very easy to see how VR is being over overhyped. I, you know, I've seen 3D be the the new, like this is the savior of televisions. 3D is going to be the thing. Everyone's going to be in 3D. And, you know, we've been to CES. I've been to CES like 13 times. I was always in 3D, 3D, 3D. And now it's finally like, mm, maybe just 4K. And then VR, VR, VR. So the thing about 3D versus VR, and I'll just make that analogy. Like 3D is like a different augmentation of what you're watching. VR has the opportunity to be a completely new storytelling medium. Right. Medium, Like it is, and there's um, uh, a, an app called Verse, V-R-S-E, 
there is a documentary on that app called Clouds of Asteria, I think, or something like that. Writing it down. Uh, and I won't listen this, to this is this is from a couple years ago, so it's not the most cutting edge sort of VR stuff. And and but it was one of the first. And it was produced by a buddy of mine, uh, Barry Pausman, who worked with us at uh, Discovery. And uh, all he did is he had done some work with the UN, and so he had a lot of great contacts at the UN. And they let him go to a Syrian refugee camp, and he brought one of the first kind of GoPro VR rigs, a camera rig, the three sixty yeah. rig. And he placed that camera rig in different rooms. And that's all the kind of story was. Like, it would just be placed. It would be in a schoolroom. It would be in the, the home. It would be in the kitchen. It would be in the, like, the gaming rooms. You'd see him like, playing games. And this is in, all in the Syrian refugee camp. And the VO was of a 12-year-old girl talking about you know, her family and her life in the camp. And you're in the experience looking around. And it's suddenly like... Is it video or it's video? It's okay. all video. So you know, you're, 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 you're telling your own story while she's, you, while she's telling you the story. So you're able to look wherever you want to. And I know that's, you know, it's like saying like, oh, this guy's blue. But that idea that you place a, a viewer somewhere and then it's up to them to a certain degree what they're looking at and you have to direct them by probably audio. Like, you know, look over here because this conversation is happening. You should clue in on even though you can be staring at the wall or the right. toilet over there. So I think there's a lot of opportunity there. I, I, I'm, you know, I'm excited about any new video medium or, or platform that comes out. I don't think you'll ever really supplant sort of that high def kind of you know 2D image. But I think that 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 VR has a ton of storytelling and like clinical and educational applications and mm -hmm. therapeutic applications. I think it'll be one of those things that we look back on ten years from now and, and you know we'll remember putting on the cardboard like laughing about it. But I think it really does. It's going to be a profound a profound thing when it when it hits full stride. And time and time again. The adage has always been, well, content is king, baby. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about networks and don't worry about apps or distribution methods or what yeah. de devices things are going to be beamed to because content is king. You make content, that's fine because what's, what's going to be played on all these devices? What's going to be played everywhere? Mm -hmm. Do you feel like you know, your background specifically, is, is content something you want to be in forever? Yeah. Because it's a very privileged position that you have being able to straddle the tech side as well as having generated so much damn content over your career. I love it, man. I love it. Like there, I, there, I was making so much less money than all my friends for so long, um, but I was so grateful to have found what I wanted to do. And I knew what I wanted to do at a very early age, and I knew the kind, I just was drawn to it. Mm -hmm. um, I, I had you know, screwed up a lot of other areas of my life, and I hadn't figured out a lot of other shit, but I had figured out what I wanted to do for a living. So uh, it, it, it started television, then it kind of merged into digital, then it, now it's really become, to your point, content. Like it's, it's digital content, it's, it's television content, it's video, it's, it's telling stories in a visual medium. It fires me up. Like I get fired up. Uh, you know, even doing, like I said, these localized VO sessions for this FitStar app that I'm working yeah. on now, like it's just so much fun to be in a studio and listen to, you know, you're, you're producing a session where people are creating something. And I still get that like butterfly in the stomach feeling when I walk into an, uh, an edit bay or I walk into a studio or I walk into even walking around your guys' studio here. It's just like, there's like, there's, there's tools and there's, there's magic here. And it's like a dead room with no class, like no echo. And like, right. that's, that's, uh, it's an energy. There's an energy, energy right? Yeah. It's like, how do we take that energy and manifest it into something that wasn't, and mere minutes ago. You said when you gave me the tour earlier, you were like, you know, we found it really hard to be in a small kind of confined space and, and want to create. And I think that's really important mm -hmm. to put yourselves into a space where you want to make, make shit and make yeah. stuff. And like putting yourself in a, in a room or a, or a garage or, you know, taking yourself out of this confined space and really busting it open and, 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 and encouraging yourself to, 
create. Like yeah. that's we got the space. What are we going to fill it with? Yeah, and and it better be entertaining. Yeah, <laughs> or else we're not going to get a chance to fill it up again. Yeah, and you know, and and so content content being king, video being king, and and then my experience at Revision Three was all about discovering really YouTube and and discovering kind of what the creators were doing there and mm -hmm. working with Phil DeFranco and Epic Meal Time and you know Film Ride, Ryan Connolly, and and um and just not not just finding people who are making cool shit, but finding like-minded people who, you know, Phil and I come from very, like, sort of different backgrounds. Harley and I come from very different backgrounds. Uh, uh, Ryan Connolly, who does Film Riot, I'm just thinking of those three guys because, you know, I love them all. But we're all just, like, these kindred spirits. We all, I, I love those guys, all, all four of them, all three of them, and, um, and all the, you know, the other creators we worked with because we're, we're all just there to make a thing. We have the same sense of humor. Like, there's a lot of, like, laughing, the same jokes, the same references, the same sort of sense of wanting to connect mm -hmm. and tell stories um, and sometimes to eat giant egg McMuffins made of 98 McMuffins. Right. I was there for that shoot, dude. I was at, in, in Montreal when they did that. It was the episode where it was the, the giant McMuffin, the egg McMuffin thing. I was sitting in the backseat of the car when Harley, this is epic meal time. Um, uh, it's an internet thing. When Harley uh, is ordering the 90 egg McMuffins, I'm like, you know, six, I'm six, six, he's six, seven. Yeah. And so he's driving, he has this like, at the time he has a little Nissan Maxima and I'm like shoved, it's like the worst Uber ride ever. I'm like, my knees are up around my, like, you know, my ears and he's ordering and he's doing his thing. Like, you know, yeah. 90 egg McMuffins, 90, uh, nine, 90, 90 egg McMuffins. And I'm laughing so hard. You can see his little, like a little the bit of like, seat seat moving because like my <laughs> legs are slammed up in my face and I'm just laughing. Um, after that day, we shot the whole thing. It, it was one of those moments I went back to the hotel. I was like, that was a gift. Like, this is why I'm in this business. Like, right. that's the other thing that I hope everyone can have in their lives is like when you close your eyes, when you, when you go to bed or when you, when you go home, whatever, you, or when you're in a moment and you can be like, that's why I'm doing this job. That's why I'm in this fucking business. I don't care if it's real estate. I don't care if it's content creation. I don't care what it is, but you Just should have feel that feel that way about a thing that you did. Yeah. Preferably something that is legal. got you paid as well. Yes. And is legal. Yeah. Yes. That is, let's be clear. I mean, look, if you're, yeah, whatever your thing is, I don't want to, I don't want to be a you fuck it. Even if it's not. <laughs> Just feel that way about whatever you did. Just make sure someone's making a documentary about it so you can be on Netflix eventually and people will be talking Feeling about it. Feeling the last breath slip through your hands. Like, yeah. if you feel that way about it, that's fine and no one's going to care. Nah. Just nah. dig a deep enough ditch. Uh, what are... How long have we been going, by the I way? No I, mean, idea, I feel dude. like... I don't want to like, take... I feel like no one is watching anymore, including my wife. Oh, that, it started that way. Oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, my wife was the one viewer, but that yeah, was... There's nowhere to go but here. <laughs> so we, we plateaued at zero. Yeah. Alex, how are we? Uh, hour 15. I thought we might have been over an hour. Do you have a couple minutes for questions from chat? Is that okay? Anywhere. Dude, I'm, I'm here. Uh, chat, if you have questions for uh, Dr. Ryan Vance, feel free to fire away. And while Alex collates those and aggregates those and prints them out, laminates them and delivers them to you, uh, I want to get back to the, the sort of uh, the mentor pedestal because you're always very good at um, whether you know it or not. You can kind of coalesce. You can distill. You can give me the essence of a larger life lesson in a sentence or two that makes sense to me. And that's not a challenge. Mm. That is a... I'm, I can talk about you. So, and, uh -oh. and it's a, there's, there's something, um, and it's, it's about your, just the, the roundness of your buttocks. But beyond that, it's, you are, I think the most interesting people I've met in my life are seekers. And, mm. um, and we have a lot of friends in common that I would define as a seeker. Someone who's not willing to just kind of sit back and just sort of like, meh, okay, I'm done. Constantly, Constantly curious. Constantly curious. Um, and yes, neurotic. And yes, maybe takes it too far and can never truly be satisfied. But fun to be around and compelling and compelled duh, by things around them. So like I'm trying very hard in my life to keep keep that and it's very easy because it's, it's in my nature, but just to constantly be amazed and, and seeking and, and looking. And, um, and 
and, and, and I think that the, the, the people that you see that are very successful, the people that see things differently, the people that create businesses, that create shows, that, creates, that create things are people that are doing the same thing and are never truly satisfied, which is the, the curse of it as well. Right. Like I've never, I don't think I've ever been told great job and been like, thank you. Yeah. You're right. It was a great yeah. job. It's like, well, no, great man, job no, despite all these holes yeah. and this. Yeah. Yeah. Was yeah. there ever an X play or a special or a Ninja Warrior? We're like, yep, that was it. That was the show. Or is it still? Always saw the, the little thing we yeah. could do, which is just you know, it's a, it's, a, it's. There's a whole lot of. I I'm keep sure. trying to tell the the young whippersnappers running around here, the inmates running this asylum. I keep trying to say like that was a great show. I know you see all of the glaring flaws with it, I but that was a great thing. My favorite, my favorite stories are always about what other people do, uh, and the only like so we. When I was at G4, we would have this like bundle of money that would always show up at the end of the year. I don't know if you remember that. Like oh, yeah. the accountants would be like, "Okay, we got to spend, you got to spend twenty grand, or else you're gonna lose it." Like, mm -hmm. and we'd be like, "Fuck, are you kidding me?" Like, I've been like, we've been doing literally nothing for the whole year. We've been spending zero money for the whole year, and then it's like December seventeenth. Yeah, like, development didn't use didn't boop. use up their dollars. Yeah, so there's a few pile want of them, money. Take them. Yeah. yeah, and so I had always I I think and Gavin Purcell and I share this, and we we still share this this um, truth truth about about entertainment that there's there are little things i would i will go so far as to say nothing more more entertaining than a chimpanzee doing a human thing i know you've always it's true you've always whether felt you want to believe it no, or not I, I, just <laughs> saying just saying it's true so i'm laughing i'm, I'm like it's killing me because i do recall you yeah. saying this from like from day one remember fresh uh, um free stuff? <laughs> free stuff yeah so that was that mortimer, mortimer yeah. the chimp wasn't it nope. was uh, it it was lloyd lloyd yeah yeah there was so, definitely there was a mortimer along the way yeah, there maybe not on free stuff Free so, stuff. We're giving it away. So when when Ryan doesn't know what else, what else, whatever. For those who don't know, by the way, free stuff was a special yeah. that I did with with Morgan. Yeah. Uh, where we would show off high tech gadgets and then we'd give them away. Yeah. And you could you could wait, was it was it text? Yeah. How did you win? Like, you you the remember the well, wasn't chimp Twitter, would show then, a code. Yeah. And then you would go and type in the code in the browser and on then the select a winner yes. at random yeah. for the one uh, item that for we the had. one <laughs> item that we had literally one item it was but great it was fun. simple concept super fun and it was kind of like. That was another moment. Like, well, it needs a little flavor. I was like, well, let's just throw a monkey at it. Like, you know, when all else fails, Ryan Vance will grab a chimp. Right. Uh, that's been written many times. But so there was one X play year where we just had all the text money. And I was like, all right, guys, and to the team, I'm like, all right, I'm buying you a monkey. Like, that's what we're doing with this money. We're getting a monkey, and we're gonna do a monkey episode, chimp episode. <laughs> and Adam was like, I am. We are not fucking having a chimp. You know what they do? They rip off testicles. I was like, and I, it was like they will rip off your testicles. Yeah, they will eat your face. I was like, face Adam, they're right not gonna eat your face. I think that it just happened maybe six months ago or something. There was like a woman whose face had been eaten off. So he's like, I won't do it. I'm not working with a chimp. And he he wasn't wrong. Like I'm sure right. it was. He's you know. He's, Meanwhile, Morgan's like, I do it every day. Yeah, yeah. Every fucking day. You can snap at any moment, Sessler. I can't make any sudden movements. I love Adam. He so so. I was like, fair, fine. How about a helper monkey, a capuchin monkey? And then that we that was our kind of like that was a compromise. That was the conceit. So I I found this you know Capuchin monkey like the animal trainers or whatever and they were all, it was all legit and so the show team wrote a whole episode around a helper monkey that helps too much and eventually clones themselves into a monkey army and then kills Morgan and Adam like and it was just like this all I said was hey guys here's a monkey and then the the, the team <laughs> just created this amazing half hour themed episode around this chimp, yeah. the helper monkey that Adam and Morgan get that ends up becoming evil and, and destroying the world, which I love those moments because it's just one little one little idea. Oh, there, was, oh there he God, is. There he is. There's Lloyd. Holy shit. That's Look at Lloyd that. Free. Monkey. Free. Free stuff. You can free tell, stuff. You can tell it's awesome because it's going fast. High-tech gadgets. <laughs> I'm giving them away. Uh, free stuff. Do you remember when there was... Oh! 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 
What is no, I don't burn it. Is. I don't even know. What was that shot? Good oh, Zach Selwyn. Zach Selwyn. Doing right. some man on the street stuff. Yeah. Giving it, it away on the street. Gotta have man on the street. He was great in that, actually. He did a lot Zach of Zach was stuff. great in everything that he did. He, he, he was yeah. so good. There was another... Um... <laughs> Look at that. Look at that. I just, I just remembered. Oh my oh, God! It's an episode. No, Holy shit! No. Look at you! Shut it off! You look the same. Kill it! You look the same. You kind of look the same. I mean, I <laughs> so does Morgan by the wardrobe, way. But oh my God! Morgan does not age. You guys, neither of you age. Morgan, sunscreen. That was a That's fun Morgan's show. secret. No, oh, it, it, hey, you cut to the cam, but the the, the director missed the swing there. I'm we, great with cams. The director missed that swing. We did the iPhone episode. The you might you may not have done that one, but we did an episode of free stuff around the launch of the first iPhone. Yes, I don't think I did that one actually. In, and that was when I realized I was in love with this new thing. Cause I, I was like, I'm not going to buy the V1 of anything. And then when I when I got that iPhone in my hands, it was just I went to the Galleria and I had just I'd written blog posts and gone on. Uh, I think it was I think I went on Kai Rizdal's with market. Yeah. Market, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember that. Uh, I was like, what's his show? What's market, his show? Market, market Watch. Marketplace. Watching? Watching places, watching things. I went, I went for him. I did like a KTLA thing, an MSNBC thing. I did a blog post about like, here's why you, here's why the V1 iPhone is bullshit. Yeah, it was everything from no 3G to no MMS to this to the, the no app store. Pretty well reasoned arguments. Battery life and it was solid. It's like this is why I wait. Lowercase I would wait, sort of thing. And yeah. I'm very smart. I went to the Galleria to cover the launch, and the moment I touched it, I went, yeah. I, I was wrong. Yeah. I need, I need one of these right now. And this, this, and the this, moment I swiped. This, this is why uh, if, we only, if we only had that passion about touching a woman, but it was really just about touching a phone. Well, if a woman gave me the feedback <laughs> that the iPhone gave me and that level of satisfaction, and if a woman that I touch would actually do a function for me, <laughs> Like, tell me where I'm going in this world or play me a funny YouTube clip, then oh, yes. Oh, those functions. I right. would be that excited. So there was, Any function. I just remembered a line backstage uh, from Free Stuff that was one of these great things that stuck, stuck in my head. It was Neil Tiles, actually. We, you, you saw in that little clip that we would have the whatever item we were, we were talking about would be on a turntable. A lazy close Susan. Ups, yeah. A lazy Susan just would be spinning around. And there was the first episode where he was like, hey, there's fingerprints on that on that like turntable or whatever like you got to wipe the fingerprints off I was like oh, fuck you're right like that's right like we should have had that right. level of detail to wipe the fingerprints off he's like it's like dirty feet on a point a porn star i was like <laughs> oh my god that that's is such genius. a quote. he was like yeah it's like dirty feet on a porn star you don't see dirty feet on a porn star somebody's cleaning the feet i was like he's like they're walking around like with no no shoes on like but there's someone's cleaning the feet i was like that is absolutely right that is right amen <laughs> amen to that man and to that story <laughs> All right, let's get some questions from Twitch, and then we will go grab some food. Yes. Is that, are we still doing that? That's why I'm here. Yeah, great. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I was watching the rest of the episode of Free Stuff. No, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's transmitting. He's entering codes right now onto <laughs> yeah. the website. I can win. Did you hate me when you first met me? I did not hate you because I had already been told good things about you by, other, I think, a couple other people. So hmm. I had been, I think the, I don't, I was trying Because a number of people who have sat... Right yeah. where you're sitting and been like, oh, yeah, it's funny. At first, I fucking hated I you. I didn't work directly with you. So I didn't, I never, like, you were just true. kind of ancillary. Right. Um, I was trying to remember, like, I was trying to do the Nerdist, like, when I first met you thing. I can't remember when we first met. Like, I can't remember the, the, the time. It must have been in the office or whatever. There was just some, you know, pandemonium going on. And because I knew Kevin Rose and, and um, yeah, know, he Sarah Lane yeah. and all those. She tolerated me. Yeah, I don't know. I, I can't speak for like exactly what what was going on during that time. So I wasn't really like. Oh, we all came around. Yeah, it's you all came around. I know, I, I know everybody yeah. loves each other now, yeah. but I I don't remember a lot of hate being spewed. But who knows? Oh, there was hate from him and from most of from from all the screensavers folks for the most part. Well, you were which understandable. Yeah. I was I was the I was the evil empire that came and conquered the net. Even though I was a fucking twenty two year old kid who had no power whatsoever, but I was I represented it. I represented that sort of evil empire taking over right. and. Right. 
Alex Albrecht, someone who he loved dearly, was booted, and then yeah. they slot me that in. That was a bummer. Like, he was so good on that show, I thought. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. No, he was phenomenal, but yeah. clearly clearly it had nothing to do with him and right. nothing to do with that show. Right. It had everything to do with the network and, and accelerated started, growth and, and then, growing pains. And then I was able to jump on the Dignation train with those guys for yeah. you know, a few years when I was at Revision 3. That was, so those were super fun. Whatever shows. happened with him? Is he okay? Which... Uh, Kevin Rose. I don't. He's know. all right, isn't he? I don't. I don't know. I think we you know, maybe check a phone book and see. You have an app. Yeah. Is he got a, he has he's got a Tumblr? He's got a Tumblr. He likes. You know. He's something? cute enough. He'll land somewhere. I mean, if if nothing else, male prostitution for sure. Yeah. So, as long as someone's there to clean his feet. Yeah. He's set. <laughs> all right, Alex, fire away. What do we got? Yeah. Well, uh, Loth said, "What what's one thing that went on air that you thought would be great turned out to be a disaster, <laughs> but now as you look back, was actually pretty funny." Oh, that's a sine wave. Yeah. You, this is going to be great. Oh, God, that was terrible. Eh, not, not so bad. Okay, I got it. Or it can get thought, thought was great, but it turned out to be terrible, and that's where that story ends. I got it. Good, good question. Fire Very away. good question. So another G4 thing. I just was the guy who got all the potpourri bullshit. Like, it was just like this thing. Oh, you know, have, have Vance go do that. Like, you know, a couple a episodes of free stuff. Here's a special. Here's yeah, a this. It just, and it was just, just too much. But uh, so the, one of the ideas was we were going to do a Night of the Living Dead live from wisconsin do you remember this this was yes. a g4 yes so the the wow. agency had come up with the idea of you know mark and mike from that movie american um movie yes. the, the documentary about the two guys trying to make a horror movie that's brilliant it's really great about these two kind of burnout losers who are trying to make a movie and they think they're big shots of their in wisconsin like what if we just like have them live on a front lawn in wisconsin and they're hosting night of the living dead as like interstitial you know bits within within the movie so we'll show night of the living dead because it's free it's in the public domain right and we'll do a live broadcast of these two guys on a front lawn I remember in that. Falls, folding wisconsin. chairs chilling yeah. out yeah, yeah, yeah so I remember all that. that became my project and you get out there and you realize, oh, the documentary is a documentary. It's real. These guys are just burnout. They're sweet guys, but they're you know they're just those real dudes. They've never been on television before, much less live television. We rolled in a truck and like cameras and uh, like a whole set onto this. We rented a house. We had like a a whole like uh, you know just a haunted house in the front yard. We had trick or treaters. We had zombies from the local community coming in who were volunteer zombies from Menominee Falls, Wisconsin. It was this circus of like, this is going to be amazing. And then it was like, oh, God, this is going to be horrible. Like, it was just like, we, we, had, we had a pizza pinata, like, with the, like they would knock a pinata. Ooh, it was full Alex, of pizza. write that down. I like that. Yeah, because then the blood comes out. So it's like, you know, yeah, it, that worked. Still it. We're doing Disaster. It. We did, we, we had these guys, as soon as the camera went on, it was live. It was like, they were just, uh, yeah, so not a living dead. Like, God bless them. Like, they were on, they'd never been on television course, before. Yeah. And did it, you have cards, prompter? Oh, what is it? Cards. It, I think we had cards. It was cards, yeah. if I remember correctly. Oh. And I just remember being in the truck and my boss standing behind me, like breathing down my neck and just going, like, fuck. Oh, God. This is, this is really bad. Who was it? Who it was, was John Ryder? John Ryder. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, this is bad. And then it got so bad. Mustache creeping back good. in your neck. It You're like, John, <laughs> do not yeah. breathe that close to me. I get it. This is fucked up, but stop it. But he, he actually had a sense of humor about it, but it was just like, he, I think he, I think he said to me, like, that's the worst piece of television that you'll be, ever be proud of. I was like, <laughs> all right, I live, I can live with that. And I, and to this day, it's one of my fondest memories because it just, it was so crazy that we did it, but it was not good at all. So that would be my answer. To that Great question. answer. <laughs> Great answer. I'm glad that question was asked. I'm glad it was. Alex, you got another? Uh, yeah. Do you think, uh, this is MC2157 said, had mm. Tech TV been bought by Sony, do you think things would have gone down drastically differently? Absolutely. Yeah. 
I think the rumor was that they were going to leave it alone. I was going to say Sony would have yeah. bought it, let you do what you do, yeah. and then there'd have been a lot of PlayStation yeah, promo. Yeah, a lot of PlayStation point. promo. Like my name would have been Ryan PlayStation, and it'd be like Adam PlayStation and Morgan PlayStation and PS. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm DualShock Sessler coming at you. PS, PS Guy Brandon. Yeah. So uh, yes, I think they would have left us alone. We would have. So there was another story where. Um, the whole exec team at, at Tech TV. Uh, this is I've been told this story. I was not on the exec team at the time. They went to Paul Allen and they said, "Like, look, man, like we we are everything's trending in the right direction. We just need right. a little more time. We're on the just a little more time. Greatness. Here's the ratings going up. Here's like the the viewership. You know, the the, the sort of like every indicator, marketing spend. Like we're just selling more ads. We just need a little more. And and uh, the story goes. I wasn't there, but Paul Allen pulls out his his wallet and he shows and he says, "See this? It's like this, this giant wallet. He's like, this is getting smaller. It's getting smaller." And he was like, and he just like shut it back in his, in his, it was like one of those like kind of crazy big wallets. And so they were like, okay, well, I guess that's the answer. Yeah, I guess that's so, that. So the bridge, I think would have been someone like a Sony coming in and saying, okay, well, we're going to fund this thing and we keep the momentum going and get it to a place where the brand meant something. And we were just way, way ahead of our time. Way too early. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that would have, things would have been very different. Same thing with, you know, looking back at early days of G4, especially even attack of the show. We say, well, it would have been the greatest podcast ever. It would have been yeah. the best YouTube channel oh, ever. Or yeah. like it, every segment would have been its own channel. Yeah. All under the, We were our own MCN, churning out so yes. much content every day that nobody could see because nobody got the channel. No, and, and, and by the way, we had like our, one of the tech TV shows was Internet Tonight. It was like a variety show about the Internet when it was like modem speeds were still like dial-up. Like, Look at this fun thumbnail, yeah. guys. Just, yeah, set the screen and you know, walk away for 15 minutes and it'll load and then you'll watch you want to download this screensaver pack, just yeah. reserve four hours and tell your mom not to pick <laughs> up the phone because it's Internet Tonight. <laughs> See, so, yeah, I think things would have gone differently if they'd been, we'd been, they'd been, yeah. we'd been bought by somebody, but then we never would have met, or else I would have just resented you for being that, like, you know, skinny dude in L.A. No, actually, you wouldn't have because G4 would have gone under. Mm. That was the Charles version of that That's story right. was that yeah. they were basically going to turn it into a parking lot and shut off the lights if they didn't seal that deal within a week or two. Right. It was that, it was that close. Well, then we would have laughed maniacally and then gone back to work. Well, like... it's, I made a call to my, my folks pretty early on in my G4 career. Uh, it wasn't a career at the time. It was a job. <laughs> but I called and was like, oh, I... I made a huge mistake. I really like that tech TV network. I like what they're doing. I thought this was going to be more like that. Mm. I'm going to move to San Francisco. And did you just start try to there? Why didn't you just come to tech TV to start with? Because I didn't know that that was an option. I had a I was had you a grew PA up in, like, gig. The East Bay. Yeah, I was never allowed to go to the city. It's too <laughs> dangerous. <laughs> too dangerous out there. So I moved oh. to LA instead. That was a safe move. Yeah, really safe. All right, let's do one more, Alex. Okay. If you have one more. Uh, yeah, you two being old friends. What is the worst thing you've seen each other do? Oh, oh my God! Wow! Wow! Um, uh, you're usually pretty on point, Ryan. I mean, Ooh. and at least you have not gotten too sloppy around me. I'm, it's probably in Japan where you've been the sloppiest. And even that mm -hmm. is like, you're a fun drunk. Mm. Um, you don't get too grabby. Mm. You don't get shouty. Mm. You're fun. I mean, you do turn like a beautiful shade of red. There was, do you remember, do you remember a time? I remember this. Uh, we were at your house and, uh, I'm not a big pot smoker. Uh, I was in high school. Ah, Do you remember that? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And like, that was it. Was at my apartment in Santa yes. Monica. That shitty little apartment. It was you a. Had. It was like a Guitar Hero, cocaine weed party. I had the weed. Part. You were on the weed side yeah. of things. You were fine. But like, I roll in. I remember just coming in, and, and then you were like, you know, try this, Mike, dude. I'm not really into. It. I was already drunk, and like, you know, I was like, ah, the weed's not my thing. And you're like, come on, and then. I hadn't really smoked a lot of weed since high school and college when it was like brown mush. And you then, were saying this all to me yeah. as I was handing, handing you the joint. I, I like, remember. Yeah. I like, this isn't that brown stuff, buddy. Yeah. And I, These aren't I pencil shavings. Took, took a hit and then was like, oh, okay, yeah, this is going to go horribly wrong. And then 
Just like, I think without I, I hung out for a little minute and then walked you right outside. <laughs> you disappeared. And I remember I'm tending to the thing and I'm like, oh yeah, here's a CD case. Here's I'm doing like here. Yeah. Let me get these songs loaded up. Yeah. Okay, you guys have drinks. Okay. And I look out through. I had a screen door at the time, and I, I see like a figure sitting on a white like plastic folding chair yeah. out in the middle of a courtyard by himself. <laughs> by myself. I was like, who is it? And I walk outside, and it was you. And I just remember pulling, sliding a chair next to you. I was like, how are you, buddy? And you're yeah, like, that's exactly ah, what you said. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's like, oh, you, you're good. Yeah, I got. I don't do. I don't. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty high. <laughs> it's like, okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. That was. Oh, that was. I, it's amazing. I remember that so clearly, given that, that how high I was and how I just was sure. That... I I didn't remember the moment. And then the moment you're like, do you remember that yeah, and... time? Sm- oh, because yeah. you it was so cute. I felt you were so out there. You were just there by yourself. You were the but only... you weren't like you were just kind of looking around at the trees. You were the only thing tethering me to the ground at that point. I would have just like floated away and then uh, maybe wandered the street like, for the rest of my life. How's it going, buddy? I, I always had that thought of like, what if this I don't is? Know. I always my thought is always like, what if this is the new me? What if I never come back to being normal again? <laughs> like that's like the worst. Which like, is something wow. people get on like. Uh, I don't know uh, psychedelics. Yeah, that's a usual thought. But yeah. on weed, that's pretty. That's a pretty, yeah, pretty tame, pretty good place to go. But now I you're uh, now you roll out of bed and you how many tokes? Oh, what are you at? You're a daily so daily driver. Tokes. All the tokes. All the tokes. I just have every. You get super turnt every uh, morning. I get turnt and super I get toked. faded. Faded. You know. You know, you know how I am. Uh, I can't think of any horrible stories about you. Um, I, I, if given more time, I could, and I'll come up with one. But uh, you, you know, they exist. Oh, I know. I've they heard exist. them, but Ooh. I have to have seen them. What's one that you've heard? Uh, give me the give me the subject of the email, not the body. Uh, Josh Crane. He's told some stories. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, literally, when you said Josh Crane, I was like, "Well, wait, what? Oh, wait, uh, which yeah, one?" There's lots. Oh uh, yeah. I don't. Uh, it was a night. I. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> This is your, you're the guest here. Yeah, no one wants to. I don't, I don't, I don't no want to hear that. my stories. I really don't want to go down. And to be clear, some people in the chat room are like, "Oh, come on!" And I was like, "Look, it was a, I was young. And we were having a party. I wasn't actually. I don't think I was doing blow. Not that I haven't done blow. I don't think I was that night though. I think I was like, I was a gracious host. I made sure that no matter what people wanted, it was there. Right. I don't think I was that night though. Yeah, I just, no, because I, I wouldn't have had the presence of mind to tend to you in the I courtyard. Was, I was just <laughs> keeping myself tethered to the plastic lawn chair and the hope of returning back to a regular life where I could have my brain again. I like do. I don't know why that's always my thing. I go, oh fuck! Well, why is that your go-to that you won't you won't level out and go back to normalcy? I don't know. That's what happens when I get really wasted. Like booze is fine, but like whenever I mess around with other stuff, like it's just that thing. Like, uh oh, what if what if this is it? <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> where is I this? I've had that thought after returning from a bachelor party where I'm just like, you know, after like day two, day three of being back, and you're like, oh god, why isn't why don't I have all my brain cells? I still back? don't feel normal. I still don't feel Where's normal. Where's happy? How do I do that? I want I, happy. I do remember in that same apartment one night calling Robert Juster to ask him if the candles on my coffee table were in fact real and if they were lit or not. The answer was no and yes. Shh. Ah, they're real. They're real, Rob. I got it. Never mind. He was sort of like, I don't, I don't know. You're calling me. I'm yeah. like, just, I don't know if they're real. Yeah. I'm not being metaphorical. Here, I'll find out. Yeah. And I just dropped the phone and screamed. Remember the time you and I went and shot guns? Yeah. Yeah. I do remember that. I bought a gun. I am a staunch supporter of like you know, gun control. <laughs> like I, as am I, I think a it's gun ridiculous owner. that we all have guns. But I'm like, well, as long as we can have them, might as well. And like I went and I haven't, I don't think I've, I've used it like once since, but yeah. I remember we had such a great time. It was so fun. And then I was like, I'm going to buy a gun. And then I was like, 
I don't, you know, it, I assume it's in my house somewhere, but uh, okay. Now that's now that's the <laughs> loaded, part right. I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I keep it loaded. And, I know. I think it's under my kid's crib. I have a child. I, I leave it there. I mean, he's not crawling yet, so Fine. I feel like you know, once he starts crawling, then I got to find the gun. Yeah. But, then you'll cover up the light sockets yeah. and then unload. You ah. take the magazine and move it across. Light sockets room. are fine. He needs to learn. Like, how else is he going to learn? Don't put your finger in a light socket. Like, you got to put your finger in a light socket. Trial by fire. That's what I say. Amen. Yeah, he's going to be self-taught. He's. I'm not paying for private school. He's going to be self-taught. Ryan Vance. You're a gem. Emperor. I'm excited for you. dinner now because then we can tell I the stories too. that we were yeah, afraid I'll to remember tell them. I, I'm, not, I'm not holding back. Like, I just really don't remember any, but I, 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 so let me just close this out by saying you're authentically one of my favorite people. You always have been. Oh, thank and, you. Um, I've actually really enjoyed listening to this podcast because I remember when I first discovered it, uh, I texted you because I didn't even know you were doing it. And then like it came up. You were like road tripping. I, I, was road, I think it was on a run in Seattle. I was working up there and I listened to episode. You were doing it. I remember one of your early episodes was with someone famous ish i don't remember what it was but i just I remember, used to get good guests yeah yeah and uh, now you fucking yeah like <laughs> I mean, this dude no one's heard of like ryan Vance, well we went through the what? bottom of the barrel yeah. i guess we'll just keep go, scraping keep the soil scraping it. yeah i mean no one's watching anymore but they're listening but uh you are doing exactly what you should be doing and i'm thrilled about this next chapter for you guys so wow thank um, you and i couldn't be any happier to, to be here thank you you're the only person who thinks that yep. in this world yep that's it. That's my, what I'm here my for. My manager, my agent, uh-huh. my accountant. You have whoa. you have those people? Not for long. <laughs> Not for long. Notice the, the holiday cards didn't come in this year. Maybe that's a sign. <laughs> well, no, they, they all I, pay I love me to say stuff. that. You know, I, I actually, I mean, I called you and spoke to you about what this venture yeah. was potentially going to become. To yeah. ask you some advice uh, and, and to get your opinion on some things. And I didn't know what it was going to be, but to your point about like, well, it, it can't be about the money sometimes. Mm-hmm. And thankfully it doesn't have to be right now. Cause this is about just it feeling right. And I love, I heard you say it on a, a previous podcast. And I'm, I'm going to quote you to you, but you said like, you'd spent so much time telling the young people, like, just go make stuff. Just go make a thing. Right. Like I'm going to go pitch my show to NBC, but you go make a thing. Yeah, I'm going to go ask permission from people yeah. to, to, to anoint me and tell yeah. me that I can do a thing that I know I can do, but you guys should just go out. And yeah. And then you, you decided to put up your own comedy club brick wall from 1985 and to start your own real fake thing. I can so. rip that mustache off the wall. It's my goddamn <laughs> studio. Goddamn mustache. I'm so sorry. Those to, are my horns. When you look back on it, it really does look. It's just Terrible. Yeah, it's yeah. really bad. Uh, but uh, it's, we got to correct we're not, it. We're here to entertain. How can people find you and find out about your app and your company and yeah. everything that's going on, Ryan Vance? So I'm at Ryan Vance on Twitter, mm. um, at Ryan Vance on the Instagram. Uh, and then my company is Fitstar. Not my company, but the company I work at is Fitstar. And then I, we're within Fitbit. So... Everybody, you know, Fitbit's a, a phenomenal company. When did they get, were they acquired before you yeah. started working there? Yes. Yeah. So I was advising Fitstar. My buddy was the CEO founder and I was an advisor and you I came in. You did advisor shares, bro? Uh, you of course. I did a lot of work. Okay, okay, I'm just making sure you got some advisor shares. Okay. All right. And then he was like, I really want you to come on board now that we're, you know, sort of on another trajectory of growth. And so I've had a lot of fun. I've only been there since May, but it's it's been awesome. Well, congrats on that. Congrats on, I didn't even get to family talk. I know that there's some lessons there. And well, yeah, we have a dinner. Everybody, every, yeah, everybody, we have a dinner. Everybody, everybody want, no one wants to hear baby talk. Is it, you know? I love to hear. I don't, right. this, uh, the point of, again, not having to do it for the money is that I get to talk to the people that I want to talk to True. knowing yeah. that they're, I mean, who cares? Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. They, they're supportive. Look at that. He's real cute. They support it. He's real cute. There it is. Yeah. Acquisition oh, podcast. Babies. They love that. Yeah, they're a little back and forth. I'm only growing this child old enough so that he can uh, one day date Kevin Pereira. So that's, <laughs> oh, God. that's, that's the goal. Well, here's the thing. He's already, he's already there. <laughs> oh, God, stop. Already there. <laughs> uh, Ryan Vance, you're a gem. Thank you so much. Love you. Thank you for sitting down. Thanks, everybody. Uh, Thanks what are we going to get for dinner? Dude, I'm hungry. Probably so discuss something. this off the podcast. Yeah. What kind of food? You want some Mexican? You want some Indian? You want some a good American place? Take me to a nice place. Ooh, one, right. I came all the way to the valley. I yes, want a nice place. All right, we'll get it. Uh, Alex, anything I'm missing? 
yeah, the attack every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Oh, right. That thing. Twitch. Yeah. Twitch.tv slash the attack, or you can go to patreon.com slash the attack and support the us attack. over there. We got a big show. If you're watching this live, hi, hi, Twitchers. All two of you. Uh, tomorrow at 4 p.m., we have a massive show. It's the conclusion to the host battle between Ooh. Alex and Evan. They've oh. been having a battle all week that has gotten messy and painful, and the culmination is. is Going to be something worth tuning in for. Is anyone going to dive into a giant vat of baked beans? Mm. They can now. Or yep. Well, there might be a pizza pinata the pie now. Pizza pinata. <laughs> That's going to happen. Take, take that idea. Yeah. Go with oh, that. It's, it's literally it's stolen before <laughs> you finish that sentence. So please head on over to Patreon. You can see people spamming Team Evan, Team Alex in the room. They're already choosing sides. Yes. It's getting nasty. Uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow again every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 4 p.m. Uh, Patreon.com slash The Attack. Kisses, hugs, and belly rubs. Good night, everyone. <laughs>